0: Cardinals Corner from Arizona Sports. Cardinals Corner from Arizona Sports with Tyler Drake and Lauren Koval.
1: It's crazy what a week and a franchise quarterback can do for a football team. What's going on everybody? Tyler Drake and Lauren Koval here for another edition of Cardinals Corner, but this time it's a great one. Cardinals win 25-23 over the Atlanta Falcons in week 10. But the big storyline is Kyler Murray made his return and looked a lot like the old Kyler. So, Lauren, let's get right into it. Let's get the K-1 talk started. What was your biggest takeaway from game one of 2023 from number one?
0: 11 months to the day Mm -hmm. since he tore his ACL. And I was looking to see Kyler be able to run the ball and get out of the pocket as easily as he was able to do. Before the injury and I wanted to see how heavily he was going to rely on staying in the pocket and not creating any rushes for himself. Mm -hmm. So I was pleasantly surprised when I saw that that ACL does not seem to worry him in the least bit. He seems really confident. I'd even maybe say cocky out there with his ability To just look like the Kyler Mm -hmm. of old. Yeah. I would say they had a handful of designed rushes for him and he did well with those while executing more on his own. I was interested to see whether or not he was going to come out there almost like he wanted to prove to all of the fans and the coaches and other people in the NFL that this ACL is healed and this is okay. So I'm going to go out there and show you that I can do it. And if that was going to stretch him too far, if he was going to take on too much and I don't think he did. And I think that that ACL looks great for him.
1: Yeah. I would say the rehab process did exactly what it needed to do for Kyler Murray. Yeah. he, He, I mean, six carries 33 yards had the touchdown he was talking post game. He knew the whole way he was scoring that. Trey McBride had a great block there. We'll talk more about him because he had a huge game too. But yeah, Kyler Murray, like you said, there was, I was surprised. I didn't think we were going to see a lot of designed runs, but there was more than I thought. Six for 33 total on the ground. Through the air, 59.4% completion, 19 for 32 for 249 yards, and he had a pick, and he had a wide-open Hollywood Brown touchdown that he couldn't connect on. A little bit of an overthrow there. But all in all, I think it was a solid first game for Kyler. I think the rust factor's still there a little bit, just with the completion percentage, that overthrow. I think a couple more weeks, those types of miscues get cleaned up a lot more in that chemistry, even if it's Hollywood Brown gets even more better there yeah it's just crazy to see this team go from 58 total yards to I mean the first drive they had more than what they had or not the first drive but their second drive they had more yards than what they had all game last week and they ended up with 352 yards total 122 on the ground 230 through the air and yeah Not only was it Kyler Murray, it was James Conner. He was back as well off the IR, had 16 carries for 73 yards, averaged 4.6. So I thought he did well. I thought there was some play calling there that was a little iffy. What what do you think about that?
0: I would agree with you on the play calling aspect because I think... You can ask more of James Conner than you've been asking these Mm -hmm. backups. And it felt like the play calling was for his backups. What we've been seeing the past few weeks with James Conner out and with him back, it felt like push the envelope. You've got your franchise quarterback in. You've got your starting running back in. Who's a proven bulldozer out there on the field. Give him those opportunities. And it felt like the play calling was more oh, we might be a little bit in crisis mode, oh, we really need to pick up this third down, so we're just going to give it to James Conner and see what he can do. I would have liked to see more handoffs on first down just to give him the ability maybe later on that third down mm-hmm. to have to go pick that up and see how he could really use his legs.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a very astute observation there. Uh, yeah, I agree with you there. Getting back to Kyler, I think what really solidified... The Kyler of old, for me, or at least just seeing what he's doing, was that final drive. Final drive, definitely, just because he had one play where he did it with his legs, turned around and did it with his arm, a couple plays later. And, I mean, that was the game. They had to come back after Atlanta found the end zone. Desmond Ritter came in and really, I shocked some people because <laughs> I didn't expect him to even sniff the end zone.
0: He shocked me. He rushed for that touchdown <laughs> yeah. himself on third down.
1: Yeah, Uh but yeah, the best example of Kyler, I think, really was that two-minute drill. It just, the the play, he scrambled on, I believe it was 3rd and 10.
0: It was 3rd and 10. Picked up
1: 13 yards officially. But I think from next-gen stats, Murray scrambled for 68.9 yards and reached twenty over 20 miles an hour.
0: And that's the confidence in that ACL. Oh yeah. That's that's what fans wanted to see is that he was able to rely on it like he did before. And mm-hmm. that status proof that he could.
1: That was the uh, Las Vegas Raiders scramble to keep the game alive. That's exactly what it reminded me of. So he does that. You look at that, it's like, whoa, okay. Yeah. If there was any other doubts into the game, Kyler's running, is he sore? Whoa. That was that was big. That I think everybody kind of looked at each other like, whoa, okay, there he is. That's the Kyler we know. And then he hit one of his last throws. It might have been his last throw to Trey, McDre- Trey McBride to seal it. Just a beautiful ball, moonshot, let Trey make a play, set him up for the chip shot for Matt Prater, and that was all she wrote. And that's exactly what Kyler Murray brings to the table for this offense. He can do it with his legs in a, in a way that nobody else can. Josh Dobbs was effective as a runner, but not in the way that Kyler Murray is. Kyler Murray got out of four sacks in that scramble and made something happen where Dobbs probably would have fumbled the ball. <laughs> like no offense to Dobbs, he's doing great stuff, but Dobbs ran into his mistakes and they were evident whereas Kyler that that is a mistake right there that Kyler can alleviate and it was just the proof's in the pudding. That was that's 100% what I thought and even he said th- this was great. He even talked about it afterwards about not only is this his return it was icing on the cake to be able to come back and win it how they want it. And it just felt good to win. Man, I just want to win. You know, it feels good to win. I mean, it just that's like the icing on the cake. You know, it would have been a night to come out here and lose. And then, you know, kind of just all this build up for what? You know what I mean? So, uh, I'm just happy for us and the team, man. I'm just happy. So, on top of that, Kyler Murray also had a lot of help from a certain young tight end named Trey McBride who deserves a ton a ton a ton of credit for what he did today because the tight end 100 yard game drought is finally over wow 1989 it's been a long time coming and not only was it 11 months to today for Kyler it was 34 years to the day since Rob Awalt had 100 yards for the Cardinals the last time a tight end had 100 yards Trey McBride blew by that number with, uh, I believe it was nine catches, eight catches on nine targets, 131 yards with that long of 33 coming at the end of the game to seal it. I mean, just absolutely crushed it. You got to give McBride a ton of credit for filling in for Zach Ertz for really just stepping up and, and making that absence of Ertz not really feel like a big deal at this point.
0: No, not at all. And McBride showed out there his ability not only to catch the ball, make himself available, but also as a blocker. Mm
1: -hmm. If
0: you go back and watch that game, there are a few plays where you can specifically see him set that block. The Kyler touchdown. Exactly. And give Kyler the opportunity to make plays with his arm, make plays with his legs. What I thought was interesting at the beginning of the game, I think Kyler heavily favored Hollywood because that was a comfortable target for him. Their connection back at Oklahoma that felt Mm -hmm. like something he was comfortable going to and wanted that comfort in his first game back from the ACL. And as he sort of moved away from Hollywood, he pivoted to his new favorite target, Trey McBride, who I would say we haven't seen a ton from so far this season. Of course, part of that is... Quarterback play. Quarterback play. And you're a tight end and you need somebody to throw the ball to. But he looked... Exactly like that kind of tight end, as that stat would back up, that the Cardinals haven't had for mm-hmm. decades.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I mean, it's not to say there hasn't been some decent tight ends that have been here, too. I mean, Zach Ertz, you wouldn't think that stat would be necessarily there with a guy like Zach Ertz being here. But again, it's just that's what it is. And with McBride, I, you know, he's putting together. Probably his best season, if he keeps it up like this. Two weeks ago, he almost had 102. He had 95 on 10 catches, 14 targets, one touchdown. I think that's the big thing now is getting more touchdowns, getting more red zone work. That's that's the next step for McBride because the dude is stretching the field and he, and he is earning a lot of trust. He's really confident. And not only that, he talked about how Just Kyler Murray and James Conner being back elevated everybody around them and just gave them more juice entering the week, entering the game, and they just wanted to play for those guys. Those guys did a great job for us. Uh, you know, Josh did a great job this whole this whole year. I think he's a great player as well. But I think just the the energy this week, you know, we, we had JC back. We had Kyler back. The energy, the vibe, everything was good. You know, we were, we, we were coming in this game with a lot of confidence. We knew this was a good game for us. Kyler's coming back. We're playing at home. We're all juiced up, excited. And then we wanted to, you know, play good for him. You know, he's been out for a year. He's been grinding, working hard to get back, and and we just wanted to play hard for him. You know, he deserves it. He's a franchise guy here, so we wanted to play hard for him, and I think we did exactly that. And that's what you want to hear from players: that buy-in, that togetherness, and especially with a guy like Kyler Murray. Obviously, there's a lot of back and forth about if he should be the franchise quarterback, how people like him, how you know players receive him, how coaches receive him. But it seems like everybody is in lockstep right now. It seems like they all are on the train of accountability. Even Kyler said it this past week when we talked to him on Thursday. He said, you know, the culture shift is there. It's an accountability factor that hadn't been there. He talked about winning games previously but stopped short of saying why, but now said there is a structure, there is a accountability factor that can't be overlooked anymore. Like, if you're not there, get out. And that's huge. It just, it talks a lot about the culture and it and the coaching staff and it talks a lot about Kyler really buying in after he it just seemed like everything in 2019 make it to where Kyler's comfortable make it to where he's perfect now I feel like he's not as comfortable but he's buying in and he he sees that accountability as like yeah I've got to be that guy for these guys
0: and we haven't seen Kyler operate under a Gannon-led team, a Petzing led offense. Mm-hmm. So this was the first time that he also had a playbook entirely different from the one he's had the past few years in Arizona. Mm-hmm. And how was he going to come out and execute that? And it's interesting because I think it created a diversity amongst play calling wide receivers and running backs that allowed Trey McBride to succeed in this kind of offense. We also saw Kyler target Michael Wilson, who we've been talking about needs to get more involved Mm -hmm. in the offense because this wide receiver core, they're a little small. They're a little short. They've moved more into a little, little. (laughs) (laughs) they've moved more, a little bit more into this, almost running back type role. Yeah. And so you needed. He actually
1: didn't have a carry today. No. Wow. That's a standout stat. Wow.
0: (laughs) Times are changing for this Arizona Cardinals offense. (laughs) Uh, But we saw him throw the ball to Michael Wilson. We saw him throw the ball to Trey McBride. And these are key pieces that Michael Wilson, not in his offense last year. Yep. Trey McBride in his offense, but in a much smaller role due mm-hmm. to Zach Ertz being on the team. Mm-hmm. And I was interested to see what Petsing had wanted out of Dobbs and Tune that mm-hmm. he couldn't get. Mm-hmm. And now we get to see Kyler do that yeah. and run that and see how that works.
1: Yeah, he's finally, Petsing's finally getting to see those plays that he, oh yeah, that probably will work with Kyler now that now he actually gets to do it. But... I will say this, speaking of Toon, he still made an appearance and he still made a touchdown today or still made. He made a touchdown today. He had a touchdown, but it was uh, the old tush push. That was that was an interesting uh, side of things there. And I, I'm i not opposed to it.
0: No, the two times I believe that they pulled Kyler out of the game and put Toon in were both red zone situations, if I'm not mistaken. And I think,
1: yeah, I believe, I or clo- believe so. Or it was bordering. Some- Something like that, yeah. Yes,
0: and I thought that that was an interesting play call because that was that questioning Kyler's health. Was that we don't want to do a tush push with Kyler yeah. because let's see how this ACL is handling it, or is that how we're going to use Tune in the future?
1: I think it's gonna be the latter because Gannon, after the game, even talked to us. We asked him straight up, like, was that a factor of Kyler Murray or what was it? And he really went into it and just straight up said that he had a great week of practice and they like the play type with Clayton in there. He'll continue to have some certain plays each week. Each week, he did a great job executing. And Gannon, he like had to stop himself. He said, oh, he had a great week of practice and stopped himself paused, a really good week of practice. So it clearly seems like Toon t- took that last week on the chin and has come back and really rebounded, and the coaches and players are all seeing it. And, I mean, you don't get that opportunity unless you're showing something. That's I mean, that's a big—you could have done a wildcat with James Conner. could have done something crazy like that instead of you give it to the rookie to get a yard for a big touchdown. That was a deciding factor
0: and once again more of that diversity in the offensive weapons for the Cardinals that we haven't seen mm-hmm. and putting tune in and showing hey he can kind of be this goal line back almost for yeah. us let's see what he can do and obviously Gannon's confidence in him it'll be interesting to see if they utilize that down the road in these games
1: yeah yeah so let's uh let's do one more one more offensive look at not the greatest look though Uh, Two things that stood out. Third down, rough. Really rough for this Cardinals team. Three for 11, 27%. That is... Game would not be very close if they were picking up those.
0: No. Do you have the stats for the average distance of third down for the Cardinals? Ooh. I realize I'm calling for something.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I don't have that at the top of my brain. Let's see. No, I do not.
0: Okay, that's fine. Because it felt like it was, if I had to guess, like five yards. Okay. Right around there. Because I think that is the situation when I was watching the game and I went, maybe if we utilize James Conner a little bit better, we wouldn't be put in these situations of third and five. Yeah. Of third and longer. Yeah. Downs.
1: All right, here we go. Okay, we got a third and nine. We've got... Third and nine, <laughs> we've got a third and twenty-five. <laughs> yeah, they were they were long. They okay. were, they were that. I mean, that just sums it up right there. Like those were their first couple of. They had a third and four. That was more manageable, but they didn't pick it up.
0: We found the problem then. Yeah, this is a, why their third down conversion rates were so poor. They had third they had long, down and long.
1: Yeah, they had a third down and one. They picked up. That was one of the two. And Kyler scoring a touchdown. <laughs> So there you go. There's your third downs. And and yeah, that it's just, they've got to clean that up. They've got to make sure they're more effective there because that, like I said, I mean, the score is probably not 25-23 if they're picking up a couple more of those and extending drives. I think the other thing for me would be the penalties. Yuck.
0: They shot themselves in the foot this game. Early on in the game, Kyler picked up two false start penalties. I attribute that to Rust. Yeah. That's him just not oh, yeah. fully being comfortable out there. Mm-hmm. Um and then there was one of my favorite <laughs> penalties I know ever. Exactly
1: what you're talking about.
0: False start on everybody but, but the, the center. center. Love that.
1: Way not to way to not be a follower, Yelda.
0: Yeah. He's <laughs> he, yeah, he's a trendsetter, <laughs> he's not a, a follower. Um, but the penalties, they really shot themselves in the foot because it felt like also these penalties were coming. On top of one another. They were being stacked up. That also adds to the third and long Mm -hmm. problem they Mm -hmm. were having this game.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, total 11 plays, 11 penalties, 112 yards. Wow. Triple digits. That's the fact they won that game is pretty impressive with how bad their third down and penalties were.
0: The fact that Kyler could will this team to victory (laughs) when your penalty yardage is double digits like that. I knew that it was bad. I didn't think it was that bad. So that gives them something to clean up for next week that is so specific. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So double digit penalties, triple digits, yards on the other side. Falcons four penalties for 43. I mean, that's a a good day if you're Falcons. (laughs)
0: <laughs> that's a good day for any team.
1: Yeah, that's a good day for any team. So, wow, yeah, th- looking at that again, that's a huge discrepancy. And the Cardinals again were not leading the time of possession. Interesting. I thought that was interesting. I think there was it was much more complimentary today than we've seen in recent weeks. But Atlanta still was had the football for 31 minutes and 42 seconds.
0: And how long did the Cardinals?
1: 28, 18.
0: Mm, all right. Not
1: so- terribly. Not a big discrepancy, but still interesting. But
0: in a game as close as it was, that discrepancy Mm
1: -hmm. is huge Mm -hmm.
0: because the Cardinals were still able to win in a close-knit game where they didn't lead time of possession.
1: Exactly. All right. So that's the offense. Let's get to the defense really quick. I know all of the talk, obviously, and should be on the offense, but we gotta give the defense some credit to uh Kaiser White, Buddha Baker both led the way in the tackles department. Kaiser with 11, Buda Baker with 10. But I've got to give a shout out to BJ Ojulari. Two sacks today. The rookie just seems like he's starting to figure it out more and more, a lot more comfortable, had two tackles for loss, two QB hits, eight tackles. I mean he's filled the stat sheet today. And that's exact I mean the more pass rushes you got, the better. And he seems like a very effective one coming, just blossoming right before our eyes.
0: It was definitely his coming out party today. The Cardinals in past games this year have not really been able to apply that kind of pressure to the quarterback. We've seen the defensive line look strong, but not put any kind of pressure rushing the quarterbacks in any kind of way. And B.J. Ogilari today, not single handedly, but definitely the standout for the defense was able to put some pressure on Heineke and then Ritter towards the end of the game that I think made the difference in this game for the Cardinals.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. He was just everywhere. You could tell he was getting amped. You could tell everybody just had another motor, another gear today. It was just ever, even the fans, it seemed like there was more fans than there had been in recent weeks too. (laughs) Really? I just, everyone seemed to be on another level of juiced.
0: The Kyler Murray effect, if you will.
1: It was a cut, yeah. And it and you saw it, I mean, week week after week after week, Gannon said he's he's not only Kyle what Kyler does, but it's what he does for the other guys. And I think we saw that. Like huge K1 effect. But okay, sticking back to the defense. Another shout out we gotta give Dennis Gardek. Huge Dennis Gardek guy. Barbarian. Special barbarian after today. So he's up to thirteen career sacks. He's got five this year alone, which that's He's he's doing it. He is he is a heck of a player. But that is the most ever by a Cardinals player who entered the league as an undrafted free agent. That is a that's a heck of an accomplishment.
0: That's a heck of a stat. A heck too, of a stat. Especially by an undrafted guy proving that you can you don't need to draft or trade around or find somebody the year they come out. You can go out there and there are special guys hanging around off of teams. And Dennis Gardeck is the epitome of that.
1: Yeah. Just, it's just an absolute. And yeah, like you said, it's just, that is what you want. When we talk to Jeff Rogers on special teams, Dennis Gardeck, having that nose and wanting to be a special teamer, that's what separates him. And that's what gave him the opportunity to move onto the defense because he showed out in special teams. It's just those little things Gardeck is doing and, it they might, not everybody might not see it, but you can't take what he's doing for granted for sure. Because 2020 was his best season yet. Yeah, that was when he filled in for uh Chandler Jones with that torn bicep, and he had seven sacks before he got hurt himself. So he only needs two more to tie career high. That's pretty epic.
0: That's incredible. Pretty epic. That's for, incredible, and something to keep your eye on.
1: Yes, for for sure. And with that, we got one more. Dante Stills. He just keeps stacking games. He's consistent. I think they found their guy in the middle. And that's just another credit to Monty. It looks like all these rookies are getting their run, except for Kechaw Clark. I just don't get it.
0: Someone we talked so highly of. Someone who was a starter season.
1: who was having 100% of the snaps.
0: Even in the middle of the season, we were talking so highly about his play. And then... All of a sudden, a huge fall off in his game. Then he's a healthy scratch. Yep. What is that saying about his play, and what is it saying about what he's doing in practice?
1: Exactly. Well, we've asked multiple times, and it's not what he's doing; it's what others are doing. But at the same time, what is he not doing? That and that's we don't ever get to that part. But Starling Thomas is obviously showing them more. But man, yeah, Keytrell—he went from. 100%, 97%, 100%, 98% first four weeks on available defensive snaps, 49%, 56% did not play, inactive, inactive. I don't think he played much, at, if any, today.
0: I don't remember hearing his name called at all. That no. doesn't mean he didn't play, but he wasn't making plays.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm Hmm. I don't even think I saw. I don't think I saw on special teams. Maybe that I could be not seeing him. But yeah, it was just he's just not making the plays and not being the guy that he he was really consistent. I thought coming out. Obviously, had his growing pains, but they trusted him enough to give him four straight starts. He started five out of his first six games.
0: I agree. As one rookie goes down, another goes up in stills.
1: Yeah, he stills got it.
0: Oh God. (laughs) Put a drum roll (laughs) effect in. Oh, no.
1: Oh, man. Okay, that was bad. All right. So ah, we can't can't end it like that. Okay, one more thing. Let's see. What do we got next week?
0: Who do we got next week? I do have one more thing. What do you got? To say, we had talked about it a few weeks ago, which was the Cardinals' inability to stop the other team from scoring after halftime. Like, they came out of halftime, and they weren't prepared, and they weren't ready, and they didn't know what they were doing. You can look back at past games. I know the Bengals scored a touchdown right afterwards. I mean, there was a series of games in which teams were scoring directly after halftime. What happened today? The Falcons came out and they went three and out.
1: Yeah, and that's huge. That's a really good point that you brought up because that has been, yeah, like you said, the Giants came out and did it right away with the huge play to either set them up or score the touchdown. The Bengals, I think it was Chase who had a huge touchdown right out the gate. So yeah, exactly. And that set the tone for the second half because you look at it, young Hoku had the 36-yarder right after. Prater had one and then Toon had the tush-push. Ritter towards the end, but yeah, I mean they only they only scored twice in the second half, and that's ten points. though what with what the Cardinals have seen these last couple of weeks, that's that's fine.
0: And it's yeah, and it set them up for defensive success in the second mm-hmm. half of the game because you're now no longer fighting from coming back down or feeling unmotivated to keep going because you've given something up so early in the game. Instead, you force him to go three and out. You use that as momentum, and the Cardinals definitely did. And like you said, a lot of the team had that second win today, whether that was the Kyler Murray effect or whether that was, hey, we can really win this game if we put our heads down and make it happen. Starting that second half with a three and out definitely helped.
1: Yes, yes. And like I said earlier, it just was a complimentary day for all three phases because, again, like... Usual, Matt Prater, again, consistent. Just knocks him right through the uprights. I think he's now the franchise leader for the Cardinals in field goals over 50 yards. So that's pretty big. But yeah, it just, everything worked. Obviously, there's still things that can get cleaned up. Four field goals, probably need to turn a couple of those into into touchdowns. But for, quote-unquote, rust game for Kyler, that this is exactly... I mean, if you wanted to look to the draft, you have Kyler do well and they lose. But I think for everything that we saw last week, going into this week, going into next week against Houston Texans, draft implications out the ears there. Uh, yeah, it, that's just, you can't sit and wait for the future. I think you've got to kind of see what this team can do now and see what they can build around Kyler. They might not even be in position to draft anybody at the top with how bad other teams are. This win could essentially be a dagger for getting a Caleb or a Drake, any of those guys. So I don't know. And if you think about it, the perfect scenario is Kyler comes back, does what he does. Everybody gels. They use those picks for other positions of need. Offensive line is beat up big time. That's one that comes to mind. Cornerback, if they can't figure out what's going on with Keytrail, even though Garrett Williams is doing incredible in my eyes. He had a little bit of a couple mistakes today, but overall is doing solid. And it's just, that's, what you've got to start thinking about is, do you really want to look at the grass as greener? Because it's not always going to be greener. It could be fresher. That rookie grass could be cheaper. That's a big one. But is it going to be greener? And what we saw here, it just seems like everybody's in lockstep. Everybody's good. Every, it, we got to see when it going gets rough. But right now it's exactly what I think a lot of us kind of expected to see, which ask us this last year. It's probably not what we're saying.
0: No. And expectations game can always be dangerous I think Mm -hmm. there's three different scenarios for Kyler which we can talk about closer to the draft more towards the end of the season but I think for Cardinals fans there's kind of three scenarios Kyler is bad and we use our draft picks to go out and get a quarterback early in the draft he's okay and maybe you use him as a trading piece down the line try to get rid of that massive contract you've guaranteed Mm -hmm. him in the first few years Mm -hmm. or he's good And you know that you now have your franchise quarterback who you've signed for a multi-year deal. Mm -hmm. And you know what you've got in him. You don't Mm -hmm. have to go out there. Like you said, grass might be greener with a rookie QB, but you don't know what you got in Mm -hmm. them. They've never played in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. Does Caleb Williams look like a shiny piece? Maybe a little bit less for these past few weeks. Mm -hmm. But you know what you got in Kyler Murray. And let's see what we got in him.
1: Yeah. And, And again, the perfect scenario also gives the Cardinals options. Because exactly. Kyler does amazing and they and still end up saying, hey, this just isn't going to work. That is a huge trade piece.
0: Huge. And you still have the Texans pick, which isn't going to be Ugh. as early in the draft as you had hoped that it would bangles. be. In an incredible
1: game. I didn't get to watch it. Oh,
0: it was incredible. <laughs> it, it, honestly, it, it was a great game. Um, but you hope that that Texans pick was going to be earlier in the draft. I don't think
1: it's going to be top 10. It's
0: definitely not going to be top 10. They looked like a playoff team today. Mm -hmm. But you at least love two picks in the first round. And now you can choose. Do you want to trade one of them away? Do you want to keep both of them? How are you going to utilize them? The Cardinals definitely have a lot of draft capital, as Mm -hmm. we've talked about, and they have a lot of options because of that.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. So a lot still ahead. Obviously, Houston next week, CJ Stroud, Will Anderson, Will Anderson's part of that uh draft day trade just with moving moving spots.
0: Cardinals could have had him. Could have had him. And they went, "No, no. Nope. Here you go. We'll just
1: get the protector, the people mover, Paris Johnson."
0: Who who's been He's been great. It's been great. It's
1: been great. He's had it he's had a couple of rough uh I think he's had a couple of penalties in recent weeks that are probably can get alleviated, but for the most part, yeah, you, just, you can't there's not many complaints for a rookie and that's about all you need out of a first rounder because if you're a first round, you've got a first round price tag, you're going to play. And he is showing that he cemented himself as as a tackle. So big, big props to him. Big props to the rookies. Big props to the Cardinals who beat the Falcons 25 23. I think we've. Turned this thing around and looked at it about every way we could. So, with that, we're going to wrap it up. Be sure to follow Lauren at Colville underscore Lauren on social media. You can follow me at T Drake for Sports. Be sure to follow the show at AZ Cards Corner on X, formerly known as Twitter. And you guys, guess what? You get to have a fun, fun week coming off a of win. Now, the expectations only get more and more higher. Can Kyler Murray and the Cardinals continue to exceed them? We'll find out next week, but until then, continue to enjoy football. We'll see you later.